our podcast today, I'm going to introduce you to a life coach. There's a reason that life coaching is the second fastest growing profession in the world, because it works for people. The true life coach definition is a committed professional who has the right training and tools to help you achieve any goal. People choose to hire these life coaches because they want to do more tomorrow than they can do today. They want to improve their output. They want to see growth. They want to find their purpose. Many of our audience are busy mothers, fathers, grandparents who are learning coaches to their children who are schooling from home. When you top that challenge with a pandemic, maybe a one parent household, uh, working from home, and the restrictions in place to prevent outside enjoyment, we all could use a life coach. Today, I want to introduce you to Darlene Larson. Darlene is a life coach, and she's the owner of Hearts with a Purpose. She's also an author of four books, but I think one of the best things about Darlene is that she's a former K-12 learning coach. She had three children. They're grown and gone now, but Darlene is here today to provide some insights into what you and I can do when life gets the better of us. Welcome, Darlene. So good to have you. Oh, Heidi, thank you. It's a delight to be on K-12's learning podcast. Heidi, I loved using the K-12 curriculum with my children. That's when our paths crossed, but the material was so rich and empowering. I want to just thank K-12 because I was able to use their curriculum in a pilot program teaching my son. My son was adopted from the country of Ukraine. He knew no English. Through K-12, allowing a pilot program, I was able to teach him three grade levels in one year. That was back in 05 and 06, and it was during 03 to 06 that I really began exploring my life journey and where I was headed. I was getting uh, really burnt out and my life was out of balance. So you had asked me about a a life coach. What do I do? Well, my life was out of balance. As I was wrapping up using K-12, never did I expect that my youngest brother would die. I was really wondering what my life legacy was at that time in my journey, knowing inside it was time to investigate what I was to do. I know how it feels uh, during that time to be out of balance. And as waiting, I think, for someone to tell me your life's out of balance. You need to get your life back in sync. And my brother's death just really jolted me. During that time, I explored life purpose. And within weeks of my brother's death, I read a book about your pathway to purpose. And I knew by the time I finished reading that book, I was to become a life purpose coach, life coach. Women that are harried and women that are hurting and women that are hungry for more purpose. And sometimes we women can get so busy in life that we hide behind stuff and trying to keep everything going. And I needed to stop and I needed to uh, explore what my next step was for me. My heart goes out to all of you that are juggling being a learning coach or a mom or grandparent or a father and you're working at home and or teaching your children at home or supervising or learning coach. It is demanding because 24-7 you're all in the same environment. And with COVID, this is a really, really challenging times. Thank you, Darlene. What can we do if we find that we are overwhelmed with everything? What are some things that you could coach us into considering? That is such a good question. And I'm going to tell you what I wish someone would have told me. It is to take a recess for you. I'm going to give you a word. It's not mine. It's in a lot of books that are out there, but it's halt. Halt. H, you could say if you're hungry or A, if you're anxious or angry. L would be for lonely and T would be for tired, which, oh goodness, tired, exhausted, working at home, doing it all, managing the home and the children. It's exhausting. So that word halt, I've coached many women. I've taught this 
to halt. Give yourself a recess, step back. I think it's really important you start processing as the adult what is bothering you. I like that idea of processing, taking a look at what's going on around you. In this process, how do we find our vision? Where do we look for our values? That was another powerful question because number one is you're a family doing school at home right now, learning culture, grandparent, mom, dad, older sibling, wherever you're at right now. It tells me that you want this to work, that you're trying to make it work. So that's a value. You are changing your life to try to figure out how to do this for your children. So our values, I call them are like our underpinning. They're like the solid foundation laid below our ground level that's going to help us set the goals that we want to attain. So number one, your family's important. Number two is education's important. I think K-12 is a rich, powerful curriculum. That tells me you're investing. You want your children to have a great education. So you've already told me two of your values. Another way that I ask women is, have you ever had something taken away from you? that really upsets you, that hurts you deeply. Most likely that's been a value of yours that's hurting you deeply because you want it to count. You want it to matter and it's hurting you. So your values, they're so important for you to discover and then set your goals and plans toward those because the values aren't going to go away. For example, let me give you one for for me. And this has always been a value, but it may look a little unique or strange, but it's my ambiance. Now, I have about 30 of a list of values that I ask women. Not every woman's uh, value is in her ambiance, but mine is because I work from home. When I was using K-12, when I was homeschooling my children, I wanted a creative environment. Now, I wanted an orderly environment. I wanted something that would be inspirational and invite life. So my ambiance is a is in my top 10 values. Another one of my values is relationships. Family, it's huge to me. I make certain that those values, or let's put it the opposite way, my goals will reflect my values. Let me see if I can give you some examples. It can be relationships. It can be a relationship with God. It can be education. It can be life purpose. It can be finances. It can be traveling. It can be teamwork. It can be the environment, health. Those are just a few. And it's always exciting for me as I coach women that out of the whole list that I give them, you know, I ask them to narrow it down. They have to pick 10. Then I have them put that in order of their top 10. Values are important, but you've already told me two of yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you. The vision of life certainly is rests on those values and what you hold most dear and what you work for every day. Absolutely. Is it selfish to want to take some time for, for myself when I'm busy working with the family? I was so many of our listeners are are there 24-7, as you said, with those children and families. Is it, is it selfish to want or need to take some time? No, and I wish I wish I could see you all in a big group and hug you <laughs> thousands. My heart goes out to you. And if you can take one thing away from this podcast would be only you can choose to change you and only you can choose to address your needs. It is not selfish to take time out for you. Your children, your grandchildren are watching you. You are the role model. They are sponges. They're watching to see how you do life, how you're handling COVID, how you're handling all that's going on this year, what's being discussed. They're absorbing that information from you. So is it selfish for you to take a 
recess, take a time out. No, it's so important. Let me share with you one way that I learned how to do this. And my life was out of balance. I was spent. I didn't know if I could catch my breath, but I was reading and studying women's material during that journey. And I realized that my heartbeat was reading and studying curriculum for women. So what I chose to do for me, instead of trying to read this material at 11 o'clock at night, where I was spent and exhausted, I needed something to fuel me during the day while I was teaching the children. And I wanted to role model my role as a mom, teacher, learner, coach out to my children well. And so what I discovered, my timeout, my recess for me back then was I gave myself 20 minutes after lunch. I went into my bedroom. I shut the door. I grabbed the book I was studying that I would try to read at night when I was so spent. And I sat in a white chair, my bedroom door shut. The children were all off doing something safe, quiet schoolwork or reading. 20 minutes I had to myself, to myself. That fueled me for the rest of the day. I like the fact that you took the time to do something for you during that time away. And that's something that's very important to make sure that we put ourselves in that mix of who we take care of. Absolutely. And a question I ask women whose life is out of balance, if you keep up the speed that you're doing life right now, whether you are in your 40s, 30s, 50s, if you keep going, can you make it the long haul? Women shake their head and it's like, no, I, I can't. It's And women think I'll just try harder and someday I'll get this to-do list done. Well, are we setting ourselves up with a to-do list that's impossible? Well, I find at least that when I get discouraged, I kind of spread that attitude out to my children and family, and then everybody's discouraged. What are some things I can do to lift that discouragement when it occurs and share that with my family? Number one is to recognize life's hard and life's bumpy, and you are a family. You are doing life in the same environment all together, whether it's work, school, health, family, functions together. But it's important that we don't spread our sourness onto others. So again, I would say grace yourself as the adult and step back first and examine yourself. Why are you discouraged? Again, is your to-do list too long? Your children are watching. Something to guard against is the expectations. Our expectations can be so unrealistic that we set on ourselves. And if we are in bondage, and I'm going to say it to perfectionism, which I'm a recovering perfectionist, that we must examine those expectations. And are they really realistic that we're putting on ourselves? And then are they realistic we're putting on our children? to accomplish in one day. So back to the discouragement part, only you can control you and your emotions and only I can control my emotions. And as the adult, we want to set an example of healthiness. Let me give you an example that may help too. And I was using K-12 and it was, I lost my brother during that time and my son had never been to a, a funeral. I mean, a funeral home. So I drew in pictures. I explained to him what it was going to be like going into a funeral home. Never did I dream I would be teaching my son about that? having to do it so basic. He saw me sad. I had to explain that sadness. That's a part of life. That's a part of love is to losing someone and grieving. Reality is we are going to be discouraged. Life's not going to be a a cakewalk or roses every day in our home. But it's again, learning to process the feelings, sharing it with your children, but not allowing it to control you. And if it does, then get outside help. That's a really good thing. 
Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, when we bring our children home to learn, some of us, for the first time, we get to see the process. Since they were toddlers and we watched that process, but sometimes we've sent them to school and we don't get to see the the day-to-day learning that takes place that's part of education. It's all new to us too. And so that discouragement can come and it can take hold because we're learning too. (laughs) It's an interesting thing. So to show them how we handle it, it's lovely that you were able to teach during the process what to do, how to prepare, and some things to do to to counterbalance that discouragement. Thank you. Here's another question. We often talk about balance. We need balance in our life. How do we find that? Because everything, everything is demanded right now. We have to have it done now. We want things done now. How do we counterbalance that? How do we find balance? That's such a good question and so um, needed. I think it's asking yourself, what do you really really need for today. And then bringing yourself back into sync with that, our life domains. And this is how I've written my books is that I broke up our domains in life. We do life out of our thoughts, our feelings, our relationships, our finances, our life purpose, calling, vocation, as well as physical, spiritual. And balance is really getting back into sync and alignment to how much we can take as one human being and then discovering what it is we need. And and I shared about the life domains is because in one day we do pieces from each of those. You know, I gave the example when my life was out of balance. I knew I had to stop. And the first First thing I did was I took time out for me, 20 minutes. Second thing is I know myself pretty well is that even then I knew I needed to exercise. Why? Because of stress. Exercise is a great release. When you have so many moving parts in a home and moving bodies, it's really important for a woman to exercise somehow. It can be a quick walk around her block. It can be going downstairs and getting on a treadmill. But and Also, I do say get outside for 20 minutes a day. Life balances, do you need quiet time? That is also another one of mine that I knew back then is that I am a woman that needs quietness. I always have. Uh, So what did I do? How did I get that? Is I got up before my children intentionally. Now I tried to find quietness when they're up, but it didn't work like what I was looking for. You have to ask yourself, what do you need? Do you need to go talk to a girlfriend? Do you need to call on the phone and have an adult conversation? Do you need to drink more water? Because it's body, it's really all of those domains that I shared, it's bringing those into a whole functioning process for us to go forward in life. And if we're out of balance, I do want you to know you're going to know it. If you're waiting for someone to tell you you're out of balance, you may never hear that. I was out of balance. Nobody told me that until a couple of years down the road in my story. Friends were saying, Darlene, how are you handling this? Are you okay? Please listen to your body. That's really key because all of those areas, again, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational, financial, vocational, slash life purpose, there's a wholeness that we're, we were made to function out of. And it's important we listen, listen to doctors, go to checkups, all of that is part of staying in balance. Thank you. I, I love hearing hearing your ideas. It's dangerous when a family enrolls in K-12 in a, in a situation right now because they can tend to tip the skills all about education. Some of our families, and I've seen it on the Facebook pages and it breaks my heart when I see it because I'm spending 10, 12 hours a day. It's not meant to do that. If that's what's happening, you're out of balance. A teacher can show you how to trim that down and have more time in a reasonable effort. Schooling at home 
is meant to enhance your life, not take over your life and put things out of balance. So that's that's just another thing to consider with the balance in life. Oh, Heidi, I love that because I have, I wanted to make sure we addressed that, is that flexibility. If I could say, you know, be flexible and not think of teaching your child eight to two, eight to three. Oh my goodness, be creative, be flexible. And by having your children at home, it looks so different. Don't look through the lens of how you went to grade school, but be flexible with educating your child in your home. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope that we can reinforce that because it's a, it's a concern and it overwhelms people pretty quickly. And I understand why, but it doesn't need to be that way. Let's say we set goals. We want to improve. We want to make these little changes step by step. And sometimes we're successful for a period of time. Sometimes there's a failure to follow through. How do I fix something like this? Uh, I love that question. Well, first thing is I'm highly recommend that you get rid of the word never. I coach and hear women use that always or never. Just a couple weeks ago, a woman said to me, well, I never finish things. So in other words, why get started? That word never, that word always, I would say, let's toss those aside. Second thing is your goal realistic of what you want to accomplish. For example, yes, I've written books, but it took me time to write those books. If I told you I'm going to sit down today and have a book written by Christmas, no, that's not realistic. I believe the the perfectionism standard, the unrealistic standard, if a family functions in that, that we can set such high goals again that we can attain them and children can attain them. It's putting too much pressure on a child for performance-based living. So it's really important that we set realistic goals of what those look like. And I'm going to give you a thought here is break it down into a chewable chunk. For example, well, let's go clean the whole house and we're going to have it immaculate in two hours and we're going to tackle every room. And let's say your house has 10 rooms in it. Really? Is that even doable? It's not. So what about if you broke it down to, well, I'm going to clean the bathrooms tonight, but I'm also going to delegate. The older kids can do the toilets. The other kids can wash the sinks. Someone can sweep the floor. Someone can dump out the garbage. Assign small tasks to your children. Break it down. Do it in small chunks. I like to use the word smart when I coach and it's S is for specific. When you're making goals, make them specific, make them measurable, attainable, reasonable, and put a time to them, but small steps. Because if we say I'm going to set a goal and you know I don't get to it, well, it's probably it was too big of a goal. Appreciate that. And just to, to be humorous, I'll never say never again. I like that. <laughs> we can set goals and we can achieve them step by step. I like the small chunk, as you mentioned. We have things that we recognize about ourselves. We know we need to change. We, we have challenges. Where's the best place to look for a beginning? As a life purpose coach, life coach, it's, I can't coach anyone forward if we don't take an assessment where we're at. You know, we go into a mall, let's say it's a brand new shopping mall and we want to get over to the bookstore. I don't even know where I'm at in the mall. So we need to go look in the map and figure out I am here. Now, how do I get over there to the bookstore? As a coach, that's the same thing that I do with women. And I, and I'm asking all of you listening is 
where are you at right now? Are you realistically looking at your life? And you have to assess it. I do have materials and a very simple coaching assessment for women called Your Life Matters. Um, it's on my website at heartswithapurpose.com. But what it is, it's a PDF. So a woman can take this YouTube coaching session and she can examine which domains she needs to start with. So like the domains I just shared with you, physical, relational, financial, vocational, life purpose, emotional, mental, spiritual. When a woman's done with an assessment, it's like, oh my goodness, I really need to start addressing my thought life and physical and my relationships. So she's got it narrowed down to three. So then we go Okay, so what are steps you can start there? For example, for me, when my life was out of balance, I knew I needed to stop. So what did I need to do? That was for physically, I stopped, I rested during the day. And then I picked up something that was going to fuel me. And I knew women's books fueled me. That was fueling. Now, some of you, it may be recipes. It may be a break for you, cookbooks. It may be photography. It may be website building. Discover what will fuel you to give you an inspiration and a lift as well. I think the hardest step is always the first step. It can be really tough to admit, I may need help. I can't do this on my own. I need to reach out to either counselor, coach, K-12 may have some outlets, resources, but I need I need help. This is overwhelming me and get help. It may be through someone through library, schools, churches to get help. I appreciate that answer, especially because one of the things we do today is we social event and people on social media will get on and say how terrible something is or, or how challenging it is without taking the thought to get the help they need to help improve that situation. I appreciate you suggesting that we find, we reach out and get the help. And it's always best to go to, to a source. So what Whatever those domains, as you mentioned, might be, go to a source that can help you fix those specific domains. We want to make these positive changes. How do we stay positive about the changes so that we continue them? It's really important that you learn to discover what fuels you, what inspires you, what invites you to live, to enjoy life. You keep going toward that and you let go of stuff that doesn't. I'll go back to my story because I, my clients are confidential, but my story I can use is I needed to shift. That's very hard and very scary because we get comfortable in doing the same thing and we take a risk when we step in to the unknown. Well, all of us have lived in a year that goodness, every day it's unknown and unknown news and health. It's important to remind yourself what causes your heart to lift? What causes your heart great joy? It inspires you to keep going toward that pathway that you're on. I'm glad you mentioned the word inspire. Inspire is a joyful word. It's a positive word. And I know we've been talking about discouragement and all those kinds of things. I'm going to jump to this question. How can I teach my children joy? And how can I feel that joy myself? That's a beautiful one. And I love the question you asked here. And I wrote an article for a magazine on how to grow joy. Joy is a choice and joy isn't happiness. Happiness can tend to be a little bit more fickle. Um, Happy one day, sad the next. But joy radiates from an inner strength of knowing who you are because of whose you are. And it comes deep 
within. You as the learning coach, grandparent, mom, dad, you set the stage of teaching that. I had a mentor in my life and a colleague that I admired her joy through circumstances of life that would have set me under. I always, I just admired her joy. She was a woman that just came from the wellspring of her heart. And I wrote about her in the article that I wrote. Joy is modeled. Joy is something that's a choice. We may not like what's happening, but I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose an attitude really of gratitude that flows, that joy can flow out of. We need that in our life, don't we? We need that joy and the the hope. Absolutely. Our, Our children need to see us happy and joyful, looking for the good. Sometimes it's a track that we get on that we can say, no, don't do that. Or you you should have done this better. But when we look for the good, it changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. Absolutely. And saying that word, yes, yes, yes. Practice saying the word yes instead of no. <laughs> um, I remember making that transition with my children and it was so free. I love that. Practice saying yes. <laughs> Being coached a little bit as we were beginning our K-12 journey together about how important it was to recognize the effort that the child was making instead of just, oh, you did a good job. Wow, you took a long time to get that just right. Or specific things that brought out a recognition of their effort that built joy, um, a little bit of bond and love. And I, I appreciated that so much. When we're in these kinds of situations, what's where should we turn for some help when we discover we're, we're going to need a few things? Well, number one is recognize, which I think is beautiful. One thing I love to tell when that if you have emotional pain that's growing, we weren't made to have that growing. So get help. Get help when there's emotional pain. Seek out uh, counselors. Uh, There's places you can find them online that will lead and guide and you can call and and talk to someone. You know, as I said, pastor, priests, spiritual directors, elders, books, podcasts. It's so important we don't isolate. I say that during COVID, during a pandemic. We weren't meant to be in isolation alone and going off. It's not healthy. It's We were made for relationship, connection. Today, I coached a woman and she said this to me on her list was to reach out. And I like that because she doesn't want to isolate. And so her reach out was to call someone. We can always think of someone else in a worse situation. That can change our perspective as well and put a note in the mail. Snail mail is still happening and it's great to, to drop notes and cards in the mail. I cannot imagine going through life without myself being coached. Coaching changed my life. The worst thing a woman can do or a dad or a grandparent or someone is not to get help if you're stuck. If you're stuck, you know it, reach out. It's not a bad thing to ask for help. It's a very good thing to get help. I've done my hours um, meeting great counselors, Heidi, that have really helped me travel forward in life. And I'm very thankful for that. Great, because we're not alone. We are not. (laughs) So that's something to keep in mind. Even in times of COVID, there are those out there that are willing to help and we need to seek that help. It's kind of exciting. I recently visited with a family who discovered that their neighbor had been inside their home for several months. The family reached out and said, how would you like to spend an hour 
on a Zoom call to visit with our children and listen to them read. It was such an empowering moment for both the family that was reaching out and that elderly couple who needed some help. And they also needed someone to reach out to them. There are things that we can do even in times like these where we need each other. And you know, it's Zoom or you can use your phone and you can do video chats. There's so many different ways that you can connect somehow and see someone. And I love that reading suggestion. I've I have talked to parents about different ways to invite grandpa and grandma in, aunts and uncles, to be able to have them read. There's so many apps you can get on your phone. Everybody wants to feel needed. We need to feel needed. We need to feel we have a purpose and we need something good to do. Absolutely. Those are very important parts of life. I enjoyed also a family that said that they would put up a little sign in their window. It was a color coded according to how they communicated with their neighbors when they were through a school so that they could have a fun conversation on the phone or they could get on and do some electronic talking back and forth. And it was just the old-fashioned smoke signal with papers in the window to the family across the street. Love that. We can do it. We need each other. Thank you for this great reminder. We'll include all your links in our podcast notes today. We never stop learning and it's going to twist and turn, but what a joy to be in sync to the way you were made because you do all fit together toward your right purpose. You just do. You're packaged for a purpose. That's beautiful, Darlene. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. Each of our learning coaches needs a life coach. I know that that is the case. So thank you very much for lending us some of your experience today and some things to think about as we search for that purpose and maybe that little lift of joy as we face a pandemic, as we have our children at home, as we have work and other trials that are around us. I want to thank you for that time today. Any last words? Keep stepping toward our passion, what fuels us, inspires us, causes that our heart to lift and brings great joy to empower and help others, also to create. We each are meant to create. There's something within us that we want to create. Bring it forth. And thank you, K-12. Thank you, Heidi. And I wish you all a great year of much wellness.